0: hey how's it going folks welcome to found flicks on this inning explained we're looking at the deep house where we follow two vloggers who specialize in abandoned location exploration videos they come across a house submerged deep in the waters their dive turns into a nightmare when they discover the house was the scene of many atrocious crimes now this isn't exactly the most profound movie ever made or anything it's basically just a haunted house movie but here's the twist it's underwater this little change on the haunted house formula works extremely well for me adding the trapped underwater and running out of air aspect really ramped up the terror at play the actual story itself is admittedly pretty thin it's pretty much just them swimming around the house and getting spooked over and over but I honestly didn't mind that it's just a fun scary thrill ride nothing more nothing less as for the ending we really don't learn too much about our characters but there are still some things to consider with how things turn out and the first time I watched this I was like wait a minute what happened there exactly there is also a credit scene that teases us that things at the deep house are far from over. So let's take a dive into the deep house, breaking down the story, including the backstory of the family and just what happened that led to this underwater house, as well as explaining the ending and what it means. A camera beeps to life to a couple vlogging in a forest, Tina wanting to know where it is they're headed. Ben informing her it's an old abandoned sanitarium in Ukraine. Noticing open windows, he's excited to get inside, but she's worried about snakes. He launches a drone for a better viewpoint and now really see the impressive stature of the place. Now decaying and covered in graffiti. As they wander through the building, they find a hole in the wall marked Hell, and Ben explains the place's grisly history. There was a nurse back in the 1970s that poisoned several children and then took her own life. The facility closed down soon after. Rumor has it that ever since then, the nurse haunts the halls and rooms looking for others to poison, causing Tina to chuckle, fucking ghosts, right? As they get deeper, she loses him in the darkness and starts getting scared. She curses him in French for his hide-and-seek bullcrap, and then comes to an alarming sight, what looks like a satanic ritual circle scrawled onto the wall. Ben pops out with a boo, scaring her to his delight, but she is not amused. Three months later, Tina is practicing holding her breath in the tub, and, comes to the surface. She checks her watch. One minute and 22 seconds, it blinks. Already, when she steps outside, Ben is rolling footage. She wants him to stop, saying she looks awful in the morning, but he disagrees, calling her sexy. He asks her about her time. Three minutes, she lies. Only three. He's still impressed. That's plenty for them. They are going snorkeling, not scuba diving after all. She's looking a little nervous regarding their next adventure, but he encourages her that she's got this. Just think of the lake as one big bathtub. They arrive in a mostly empty-looking village, and according to the GPS, they've reached their destination. He believes that they must be lost, but he scoffs that they are looking for a secret spot. It shouldn't be easy to find, you know? He introduces their viewers to a typical Southwest French slightly dying village. There's a monument there that he details related to World War II. Many families here lost their favorite sons in the war, and the place has been on a slide ever since. Noticing that most houses have for sale signs, and there aren't any people around. There is one lonely soul peering down creepily from his window. Ben gives him a hearty hello in French to no response. Tina returns from a nearby store with fruit and an update on their destination. She repeats what the shopkeep told her in French. You can't see it? He asks confused. No, you can't miss it, she corrects. It's not exactly a secret after all finding a lively waterfront area full of people hanging out and having fun. Not exactly the terrifying attraction they were seemingly in search of. Ben looks back at their asylum video and sighs that it only has 50,000 views. He wants more. He points out that every dick with gopro is down there and she can't help but laugh pointing out the irony i mean they're kind of both dicks with camcorders too he stays upset but she is just wanting to have fun wasn't the whole point of this for them to get out of the library and live their lives she suggests putting the videos on hold just for a moment and to try to be tourists for the day he does agree but knows they are going to need some wine and goes to fetch some from a nearby truck wine truck Thanks, France. Along the way, he meets an old kook, and she's worried Ben will invite him over, but to her relief, he does not. Although his new friend will certainly dash their day of fun, the man, Pierre, told him there's nothing but ruins and stuff down there, houses destroyed by floods. This lake isn't worth their time. Tina moaning, she wished that they had known that earlier. Yet, he clarifies this part might suck, but for a small fee, Pierre will guide them to another hard to get to and quite secret spot. This could be what they're actually searching for, as apparently on the other side, of the lake is a perfectly preserved house residing under the water. They set off deeper into the woods accompanied by Pierre and he fills them in on the history of the town. They suffered from floods 50 years ago. Construction began to control the water flow back in 1984 so the village was empty and the valley was flooded. That's how the lake came to be and the place has been packed with tourists ever since. Not many locals though. Hmm wonder why. Pierre and Tina discuss their whole vlogging thing in French. She says she likes it too but putting it online is not really her thing. While Ben is convinced they will somehow get enough views to make some real money. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. Ben interjects, asking if he needs some subtitles, and Pierre reveals they will have to trek the last few miles by foot. They hike even deeper into the majestic trees, and unbearably French Pierre has a smoke along the way. (laughs) Oh, French people. Always make sure you bring enough cigarettes along for your brisk hike. As they continue, Tina mentions being scared of snakes, and admits to Pierre that Ben is the bold one, but she's working on her fears. They come to a ridge and stare down into the pristine waters. Voila, Pierre declares. The duo get their gear together for a dive down. Huh, so not snorkeling after all. Hopefully fibbing about holding her breath will not prove to be a problem. Pierre inquires about their drone, which Ben has named Tom because it's like a peeping Tom. Someone who likes to watch, Tina smiles. Pierre grumbles something mysterious in French, that is not dead, which can eternal lie. They didn't quite catch it, but he drops the subject, saying, ah, it's just an old family motto. Ben is certain this will be an easy peasy operation. They'll be in and out a an hour, and he's hopeful that once this gets a million views, they're gonna head right to Vegas and get married. Pierre chimes in, there's a perfect spot under the water to propose, 50 meters down, just make sure to follow the stairs. They're both like, uh, stairs? What are you talking about, dude? But they brush off the confusion. They cutely nuzzle their masks together and give okays before they descend into the murky depths. She groans that Pierre gave her the creeps. He kept staring at her, but Ben changes the subject to do a sound test. She tells him he's driving on the way back, and he retorts, sure, unless Pierre has love for the van. After a brief moment of terror, he reveals he's just joking. Don't worry, he's got the keys. (laughs) Hilarious as always, Ben. They come to Lac de phrase, as well as their first plateau 10 meters down. Tina screams for Ben, seeing that she's got her fins stuck in some branches. He jokes that he'll just pick her up on the way back, and she's unamused as usual, telling him to shut up as he gets her loose. They then reach a strange sight, a car in great shape, just hanging out under the water. Ben says it's fairly common noting it's made in Britain just like him. Tina ribs him as pig's blood pudding is British, too. Mmm, yum yum. As they swim on, she requests for him to put on some tunes. He clicks some buttons on his fancy wrist dealie, and death metal starts blasting out in the water, scaring the fish away. After she complains, he switches it to something more chill to her satisfaction. They continue on and come to a staircase, just as Pierre said, and follow it down. Soon after, they come to something else ahead in the haze. More than 30 meters down, they come to property gates. She notices a Virgin Mary statue there, not remembering just how religious people are around here. There's a sign warning of no trespassing, and she takes this as a reason to leave. He doesn't even entertain the notion, only laughing, Ah ha, nice try baby, and asks her to keep looking for a way in. They feel things suddenly are strangely off, and she notices that all of the fish are gone. They arrive at a building, and Tina moans that that guy was full of shit. It's not a house, it's a shed. He corrects that it's actually a crypt, reading the family name Montagnet. This. Must be their private mausoleum and thusly the family must have been well off the song starts going glitchy a sure sign of paranormal activity afoot it always interferes with the electronics he tries the door and manages to get it open despite her asking him not to it's bad luck he makes fun of her for being superstitious and swims up to her with a ghostly tone they get closer seeing just how massive the house is both finding it unbelievable they find a steel door but it's sealed shut so they decide to split up and float past the roof noticing a big old cross up there the whole thing looking pretty creepy just from the outside they round the side finding the area covered in growth and the windows are all completely shuttered up she's confused why they were going to shutter it if the house was going to be flooded let's find out he declares sending them upstairs it's the same deal there with no way to pry open the windows from outside before even considering it she tells him if they're going to try the chimney he's going first but there's no need seeing the attic window is cracked just slightly he opens it up and a fish swims out scaring them both he's happy as jump scares get the most likes, hoping that she got it on camera. And of course she did. They send in Tom first to check out the scene, passing through the attic still filled with furniture and children's dolls. And she's confused again. Why would they have left all this stuff behind? He finds a book and starts reading in French. Something about you have to take the top then the lower part. Something floats into Tina's view and she gasps in terror but it's just a doll. He's happy again as creepy dolls also guarantee views. They check their air supply and Tina's is a bit lower than his asking her to try and breathe slower and relax. Besides, the house doesn't look too big. Their tour shouldn't take very long. They pry open a door into another room adorned with animal heads on the wall. It's pitch black, and they can't see a thing. Him slyly suggesting, ladies first, she tells him to send in the drone, and they check on its scanner for any signs of anything. A boot pattern starts ringing out, and they hear a distorted voice murmuring, both insisting that it wasn't them. Ben assumes it must have been some kind of interference, and checks his wrist. Based on there being no sounds, that means there's nothing there. They fiddle around with more belongings lying around, and then find a family portrait on the wall. And it is indeed the Montagnac family. Tina says they look like a bunch of freaks, but to Ben they look more like the average French family. (laughs) Always a jokester this guy. They take a moment to film a selfie for their followers. Make sure to comment and share, guys! She admits that she doesn't like the place. He doesn't either, he says. He loves it! This could be their way to finally cracking that elusive million views. They enter a child's bedroom, and Tina can't help but wonder how all this stuff is not decayed. It's been underwater longer than she's even been alive. It looks like amongst the dolls, one is sporting a similar symbol as seen earlier at the asylum. On the wall are photos of several children, which is disturbing to them, but Ben still isn't taking any of this seriously, goofing around by riding on a horse seat. But then he sees something that breaks through his demeanor. Well, it looks like someone's silhouette behind the bed curtain. He slowly approaches, Tina thinking that he's messing with her again. The camera goes staticky and the light switches off. He swears he didn't do anything and peels back the curtain, but there's no sign of anyone there he promises that he wasn't joking he really saw something but she doesn't believe him after all of his pranks boy who cried wolf situation here there's weird interference on the drone and it suddenly powers down it then reboots back to life been hoping it will hold out at least until the end of the dive moving onwards they discover a staircase and head down on this floor they arrive at the front door of the house he swings it open and there's only what looks like scratches all over the other side as though someone was trapped in the house and they didn't like it a discordant piano note plunks nearby her considering it was maybe another diver, but usually unflappable Ben says that he doesn't know. They check in with Tom as it enters into what must be the dining room. It beeps that it has detected motion and they stare intently for any signs of life. They both don't see anything and it couldn't be them setting it off as the bot has them in their perimeters. He concludes it must've been a fish or something that came down the chimney, but there's still the mystery of the piano. He shrugs that it must've been a string that exploded from corrosion, still trying to write things off. She pleads with him to just say something weird is going on here and he does at least agree with that but also plainly states there are no such thing as haunted houses sure it may be weird but they're getting some tasty footage and they're not in any real danger he wants to go even deeper and she can't help but agree there can't be that many rooms left to see right tina is unable to keep her cool and starts to freak out as they come to photos on a wall for several missing people all children specifically they consider what kind of freaks collect kids well the montanax it seems the question is why in the kitchen something sets Tom off, seeing a strange demonic wall hanging there. Then there's some regular old pots and pans, and the footage starts going haywire. The signal cuts back on to a large crucified Jesus statue. He wants to check it out to her disbelief, and they do indeed find a big old Jesus on the wall, wondering what the hell this is doing in the kitchen. They strangely discover there's a door behind it and struggle to remove the statue, pushing Jesus off into the depths. Before entering, Tina asks them to stop, asking him to promise that this will be the last room they explore. He agrees, but of course, nothing is going to stop Ben, as we've seen so far. He's just saying what she wants to hear. It is darker than ever down here, and visibility is even worse with the overly murky water. They call for the drone, and it lights up what looks like a basement. She finds a collection of Super 8 film gear, and remembers seeing some in the kids' room as well. But what would they have been filming? The light pans over, revealing two bodies chained up and hanging, donned in strange masks. That's more than enough for Tina, and she wants to head back up. Ben is all total yeah, 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 let's go, but is mesmerized at the sight before him. He asks for just a couple more minutes to get some more shots and goes in for a closer look. He realizes they must have been chained up before the place was flooded, meaning they were chained up while alive. The reason why is perhaps under their feet, seeing a pentagram symbol etched into the ground. As Ben says, satanic shit. As for the masks, they look like medieval torture masks, he concludes, but as for who they are and why they are still intact, he has no idea. Maybe the lake water, she suggests, but he knows that that's impossible. After decades here, they should be worn away to only skeletons. A door creaks open behind them on its own, and Ben instinctively goes to look. She's getting increasingly stressed, so he tells her to stay behind. In the other room, he passes over shelves with weird baby heads and a severed human hand. At the sight, he mutters, fuck, yet doesn't tell Tina what he saw, only assuring her nothing is wrong. Liar, liar. They exit back to the kitchen and venture upstairs. She wants to call the police, but he shuts this down, as they would most likely take all their footage. Don't take his million view dreams away. She's insistent. This is not just a house, it's a straight up crime scene. They make it back to the window where they entered, but distressingly there is no way out. It's now covered by a brick wall, meaning that you can't trust reality in the house and it can change on a moment's notice. Tina flips out, they're never gonna get out of here, and he does his best to calm her down, especially as her frantic breathing is going to drain her air that much quicker. He does get her to breathe calmly again, but a freaky ghoul appearing with white eyes behind him does not help matters. She screams that she saw someone, and he spins back to nothing. The house is haunted. It, she proclaims, repeating, They're never gonna get out of here. It's going to drown us. Ben still stays cool. They're gonna get out. They still have all these other windows to try and asks her to take his hand. In a garden room, there's tons of windows, and yet when they bash at them, it does nothing. He tries the various shutters and pulls, but they do not budge. Yep, the house is definitely not going to let them leave that easily. Although there is a sign of fresh hope when that fish they saw earlier returns, meaning that there must be another way out. They follow back into the kitchen and it swims back down to the basement of Doom. She is quick to follow after to Ben's surprise but as she points out this is their only hope. Passing over the Jesus statue its eyes are suddenly open but again Ben does not tell Tina of the strange sight. Unfortunately they quickly lose sight of their fishy salvation and then notice a grate in a window. Sure there's an opening but it is too small for them to fit through. A song strangely starts wafting into the air. Tina assuming that it's Ben but it's not. They find what looks like a way out but are stopped by more grates. She spins back and sees the chained up people have disappeared along with Ben. And then she gets attacked by chains and dragged back down to the bottom. A hook jams into her leg and as she yanks it out her heartbeat understandably quickens. Tom appears but his light has now turned to a haunting red color. She struggles amongst the chains and pulls herself back up. They drag her back and spin her around enveloping her in steel as she screams in horror. The camera is briefly overcome with static and then we hear Ben's muffled voice calling for her. She's still all intertwined and complains that she screamed for him but he did not answer. He defends that he was actually right here the whole time and she stands that the bodies disappeared. Yeah, we can see they are just where they were found, Ben adamant that they are long dead. He goes to remove one of the masks despite her hesitation and reveals a bald man, and under the other, a woman in a red dress. Tina then realizes who they are. It's the Montanax themselves. When they turn back, both of their eyes have popped open and they start to slowly shuffle after them. The duo retreat as quickly as possible from the ghouls and they keep pretty close on their trail. They make it to the dining room, the couple are right behind them. They hurry to close the doors and push them out as they Keep trying to bust in. And now word from this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy here to help you through life's many twists and turns. We can all relate to feeling stress and anxiety in the world today, as well as dealing with other personal trials like big changes or grief. Sometimes you need someone else to talk to to navigate these challenges. But with traditional therapy, there's also the difficulty of showing up in person along with the uncomfortable waiting room. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get set up quickly with a licensed professional therapist from the comfort of home. You just answer a few questions and within 48 hours, you're matched with a therapist. After a text-based introduction, when you're ready, you can schedule a live session with ease. They also offer a variety of session styles, whichever works best for you, via live chat, phone, or video call. Best of all, it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and they also offer financial aid. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FoundFlix, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. As a special offer for Ending explain listeners, get 10% off your first month at Better help.com slash foundflix. Ben sees the chimney and now knows that this is their only chance but Tina is completely flipping out saying that she's suffocating and cannot breathe. Once more he tries to calm her nerves we're gonna get out of here he promises. Laying it out plainly their way out is right up top there. They send Tom up first to get some light and navigate their way up the chimney climbing up the bricks. There's a strange sound of what sounds like debris thumping. He groans for her to take cover and rocks avalanche down upon her sending her tumbling back down the chimney. Tom springs to and surveys the scene Tina lying there motionless upside down she regains consciousness and gets her bearings but Ben has vanished again she cuts the cord and gets herself free bizarrely falling to the ground quickly despite you know being underwater Ben elsewhere pulls on the other end of the cord and comes to the end that she just cut he checks Tom but there's no signal she too tries to use the drone to reach Ben but they are unable to communicate he tries the door but finds that he has been locked in the upstairs bedroom he tries the windows too just to make sure but no dice he's trapped here Tina waits to Ben through the drone, and its light turns devilish red once more. It's really starting to look like at this point that Tom has been compromised by the evil here, and that red light is showing us that it's been corrupted. He scours around the room and comes to a family tree painting for the Montanax. He focuses in on the sun and sees a familiar name, Pierre, Ben cursing that bastard. This means that Pierre was not only a part of the doomed family that lived here, but basically lured them down here to their demises. He bops his wrist thing a few times, and the video comes through. A figure sneaks by tina and he tries to warn her but there's a strange sound in his room the door opens and the mom is there he quickly hides under the bed and she hobbles into the room coming right in front of his spot while in the dining room the chandelier pulses light and tina is still trying to get through to ben the husband then appears getting closer and closer to her in each flash she flees but no matter where she turns he keeps coming for her the mom passes by him and he looks towards the open door in consideration but he's stopped before he can even move when the girl in white appears and lunges at him and she keeps Breathlessly swimming through the halls. She makes it to his room and pounds at the door but cannot get it open. That is until Tom comes back with its glowing red death light and now when she tries the door it opens right up. She sees Ben floating there and taps him on the shoulder asking if he's okay. He lifelessly nods and she sees that his mask is cracked. She pleads to know what's going on and he says in a monotone manner that he's better now. Their situation is growing more dire. He's got 12% left of his oxygen and she only has 8. He weirdly says she will die before me and then asking what the heck he's talking about. He only says they're out of danger now. She tries to snap him out of the state and says they're getting out of here now. She then feels something crawling around in her suit and gets a knife at the ready. She feels it crawling up her body and then up to her neck. He instructs her to keep calm. It's only a snake. And he orders her to open her mouth, let it in and swallow it. She quickly removes her mask to let it out and now understands what is happening. It's the house itself responsible. Ben informs her that the house knows all of her fears, but comforts her that soon there will be nothing to be afraid of. He then randomly swims off, leading to supposedly the way out. Yeah, he's pretty obviously been corrupted by the spirit of the house. Probably wouldn't trust him. It's like if she swallowed the snake thing then she would get all possessed like him, I would say. She follows him through more hidden passages, pushing back a divider and exposing a hole in the wall. Back at the asylum, too? They come to another door marked with evil-looking symbols. Not exactly encouraging on first sight. For some reason, she still believes him and is overwhelmed. Oh my god! She shouts with false hope. He formally invites her in and there's nothing there but another dead end. This is where it all begins, my love. Ben tells her. She just wants to know a way out of here, and he lets her down. There is no way out. But no worries, as they're safe here. They belong to the house now, and have been chosen. Well, thanks. A projector kicks on, playing home movie footage of the family, Papa and little Pierre, back in the good old days. Well, not exactly, as we finally learn the full backstory of the family. Despite the giant Jesus statue by the fridge, they aren't exactly the holiest around, quite the opposite, in fact, as the family would kidnap kids from neighboring farms and sacrifice. Them. Tina curses them for setting them up, but Ben disagrees this is more like a gift, their sacrifice. The daughter, Sarah, comes on screen, and they pan over to guys with sacks on their head. So it turns out the locals eventually came to avenge their dead children, and in retaliation killed Sarah. However, a sibling, Pierre, was able to escape. Tina is horrified at the revelation, and does not want to die here. Ben continues on that the masks were put on the parents as masks of shame, intending to punish them for what they did. The spirit of Sarah then bursts through the screen but Ben tells her to not be afraid as she will guide them. And he chants the old family motto, that is not dead, which can eternal life. She screams, no, as Ben asks her to join them holding hands. She flees through the screen, still hearing his voice behind her. She finds herself at a quite clearly occult looking setup. She's got to do something quickly, seeing her air is at a mere 2%. Ben emerges from the depths and attacks her and not really helping his case again, asks her to not be afraid. They're going to kill her, but don't worry, he'll die too. She knows that it isn't really Ben, and grabs at his mask as the whole family joins in on the fun. Tina gets him in the shoulder with a knife, which seems to shake Ben from his possession, asking blankly what happened. She explains they have to move now via the passageway above, but the kid appears and stabs him viciously. Tina helplessly sobs as he bleeds out and fades away into the darkness. The family return to her and Tom's red light takes over as her air reaches zero. Time to move. She shimmies her way out of the tank, furiously swimming up into the hole. The family watches from below as she continues scraping her way through the darkness. It's important, important, Important to note that this was previously blocked by a grate, meaning reality has changed once more. She suddenly finds herself outside at the mortuary gates that led them to the house, and it appears the spirits have let her out after all. Then, always peeping Tom appears, watching after. Tom seems almost like a representation of the evil, or even perhaps her own peeping eyes watching these terrible things happen. She removes her belt and paddles furiously towards the surface, yet it appears to be an ever-expanding void of blue, the surface looking always just out of reach. She starts getting weak, and grunts, losing her breath. She tries to keep going, but ultimately doesn't quite make it, the surface just beyond her reach, as she drifts down motionless. And we see rippling on the lake, but she does not breach the surface. It's here that things end, and the first time I remember going, wait a minute, so did she make it or not? I'm not sure. But now I know for certain that she definitely does not because there was something from earlier that never really quite paid off in the story. The whole how long could she hold her breath thing. She can't get to three minutes, but lies to Ben that she did so anyway. This single incident illustrates their whole dynamic. She's just along for the ride and doesn't want to disappoint Ben in his high-minded ideas of making cash on the internet. Although I also remember them smoking a bunch of cigarettes too, and it's like if you're trying to train your lungs, is that really the best idea? Yeah, I don't think so. I feel like the point is neither of them, especially with Ben's lead or actually taking any of this very seriously. They're not expert explorers or anything like that. As is mentioned, the house knows their fears, and it at the very end seems to exploit this in relation to Tina, her fear of disappointing Ben. So it presents her with the seemingly impossible task of holding her breath all the way back up. Maybe if she did actually get to that elusive three minutes, things would have been different, but she lied to please him. That's why the house chose this scenario for her to kind of prove that her undoing was blindly following along with Ben's whims. I don't think she necessarily deserves to die but it seems to just prove how impossible it is to really beat the deep house this brings us back to the montanac family and what the heck was going on there now that we understand the whole picture from what we can piece together back in the old days when there was a village here and not a lake the family was already up to their satanic shenanigans we know the rest of the area was strongly religious so it seems that they actually try to play along to keep up appearances in order to hide their true darker nature over time they kidnapped and sacrificed many of the local children in the name of satan and eventually the villagers figured it all out and killed Sarah. Her parents were then chained up in the basement, and when it was decided to flood the area, unlike the others, they were left behind. But thanks to what must have been some kind of curse in a way on the house, they did all die, but ultimately were able to transcend death. It's like preserving the house in the specific area it is. The curse left the house behind, as well as their spirits, and ever since then, they have been luring unsuspecting people to their abode to claim them all these years. It reminds me of when they first came to the nearby empty village, and there was that memoriam to all those lost. It was probably actually due to the town being taken out over time until there was no one else left by the family. The villagers eventually figured out, you know, don't go in the water. So the only ones left that are stupid enough to taunt the deep house are tourists, as we saw with Ben and Tina. This never-ending cycle continues in a post credit scene, seeing Pierre leading two girls back to the same cliff he led the couple before, and no doubt sealing more souls in his family name. So, you know, the moral of the story, don't be an idiot going around trying to find secret and forbidden places in order to make money on the internet because well you'll probably end up dead that brings us to the conclusion of this ending explain on the deep house but don't forget before we go you can send me requests for any movies or tv shows you'd like to see me explain by sending them my way on any of my social media accounts at found what did you think of the deep house and its ending what's your favorite haunted house flick let me know your thoughts down in the comments below make sure to like subscribe and follow thanks for watching found see you next time